You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. We are gathered here as advisors, as scientists. The kind of place we expect a ghost to like to wander. Hey, we all know that we're going down, baby. I'll help you. I'm something of a witch. Welcome to Mission Spooky. I am your fantastic host, JC. With me today, as per usual, the queen of everything herself, Kiki and our local cryptid enthusiast, Cord. How you guys doing today? See, Cord, that's how you do a fucking intro. And if I ever catch you trying to do the intro on my fucking time again, I will beat the shit out of you with my lips. I'm so sick. (laughs) I'm so sick. Oh, man. Here's what happened recently, dear listeners. Way back, like three months ago, we asked our patreon supporters thank you very much guys for continuing to support us love you did they want to hear witches first with like witchcraft pirates or the body snatchers ah yeah we were gonna do some more in-depth in what happened in ohio with all the people that were stealing actually stealing bodies oh yeah i remember that yeah so they voted to get to to continue with the hex stuff and i was like that's fine we'll we'll continue with the hex murders we'll do our PA Dutch, PA German, Christian magic. And uh, we're following up today with what we promised, which is the hex signs. Pirates was the runner up. And we thought, hey, it's going to be summertime. So we're going to be doing a whole bunch. Now, what's really funny is that y'all know that some of us listened to last podcast on the left. And fucking Marcus was like, we're going to do pirates. And I was like, God damn it. I literally said it just like that too. So I'm not copying off of Marcus. He's just he just got his content out before before we did. But that's we're cool. Slow. It's cool. No, we're gonna we are doing something completely different. It's gonna be fun and awesome. Especially most of the names and the names of things that I'm going to have to say, uh, you guys are just gonna make fun of mercilessly. So I mean, I was planning on doing that regardless of what we talk about, but okay. I mean t- today alone, yeah. there's a guy's yeah. last name that I'm like, I have to say it so i'm so excited now (laughs) i was going to like half do this episode and kind of like phase out and like just like not really listen but every now and then throw in a funny little quip but now you have my full attention are we going to uh make bets on what it is jason oh it's definitely like the last name has dick in it or or cock I think it's going to be like Buttsmith or something. Oh, I hope it's Buttsmith. Oh, that's yeah. such a good one. I'm all in on Buttsmith. His name's Buttsmith now, whoever he is. Yeah, his, yeah. even if it's wow. not, it is. You guys are not really that far off. Anyway. Um, <laughs> damn. It hurts well, all right. to laugh. Ow. I'm so sorry. I've been there, done that. You 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 can tell I'm still congested. It's been three weeks. I hate this. I don't know what the hell this shit is. It's all we're dying. Help! I know it's not even COVID or monkeypox. And by the way, hey, let's talk about scary shit for like real life scary shit for just a moment. Philadelphia just had its first confirmed monkeypox. I'm not a monkey. <laughs> ah shit! Yeah, that's how that works. Sure. Is it? I don't know. I, no. I have. No, you don't have any idea how much I don't understand <laughs> what you're even talking about. I... It's the next pandemic, Gord. Monkeypox. Oh, yeah, I wish I, were, I wish I was lying. Good. Is it, gonna, <sighs> since... is it gonna is it gonna end me this time, or is it gonna be like COVID <laughs> where I survive? <laughs> since we had our dry run with COVID, <laughs> right? <laughs> All things point to nothing good coming from this, right? Oh goodness. Okay. Anyway. Uh, I do anyway. Wanna, <laughs> I do want to announce too that you know part of me wants to tell the whole world about it, but then part of me is like, yeah, my I can't do a Texas accent that well. But Route sixty six is out, and that is Dark Passages podcast by Chris Stone. He's the writer, and uh, I play Moon, a stripper from Texas. Yeah. So I did my level best to. Um, Wait, is that the one I did stuff for? You have done stuff for, and and so has Cord done some voice uh, 
acting in in this series, but I'm not sure when you guys are going to be gotcha aired because it's only because it's in parts. So this is the story is Route 66, and this is just like the first part of it. Gotcha. It's only about 20 minutes, I think. Yeah, that's out. So Dark Passages podcast, go check it out. And Cord, you got back from uh, Tennessee. I'm not going to say that we accidentally got lost in the woods, but we accidentally got lost in the woods for a little while. Oops. Stave off that anxiety. I made some uh, some Bigfoot hunting videos. <laughs> they were they were spot on, too, let me tell you. Going to splice it all together into a fun yeah. little TikTok video. Okay, so we're going to break for our sponsor, who is Smell of Fear Candle Company. If you purchase a candle and take a photo of it with you and post it on Instagram and tag us in with the hashtag spooky candle, then we will enter you into a contest to win a kind of a little spooky package that we put together. And this contest will go all of June and we'll announce the winner on July 1st and then uh, DM you for an address. And they got all kinds of like little goodies in there, including stickers and some fun stuff. When we get back, we are going to talk about hex signs. Hey, Cord, you look a bit upset there, buddy. What's up? Ugh, I just want to relax under the soft light of a candle and read about Bigfoot. And I can't find anything that doesn't smell like I'm in the middle of a field of lavender. Well, bud, you need to check out the Smell of Fear Candle Company. The Smell of Fear caters to those of us who love all forms of horror, cryptids, and more. May is Marauding Monsters Month. My personal favorite is the Unstoppable Titan of Terror, a Godzilla-inspired candle with the scent of sea salt, gunmetal, and ozone. Just the thing to light up while watching one of my favorite kaiju movies. Ah, the Sasquatch candle. Smells like I'm right in the woods with him. Redwood and a hint of musk. Nice. Smell of Fear Candles offers a unique fragrance experience like no other. Each candle scent is carefully researched to bring out the best qualities of your favorite horror characters and films, such as The Mummy, Dracula, and even Jaws. Ooh, I'm definitely grabbing one of their Sinister Skull Candles. A colored glass skull with matching themes like red for the vampire, black currant, and absinthe scented. Sweet. If you're in desperate need of ghoulishly good candles, head on over to thesmellofear.com to check out what scents are currently available. Our listeners can add code SPOOKY at checkout for a special 15% discount on any purchase. You can follow on Instagram at smelloffearcandles for updates on new monthly scents and themes. That's Smell of Fear Candles for those who burn brightly on the dark side. Uh, I cannot even walk. My knees are so weak from the amount of data I received from the podcast that is effing weird. From cryptids to outer space, my circuit boards are fried. How did they know about giant animals that ruled the earth thousands of years ago? Nah, it hurts my would-be brain. Wait, do I have a brain? Can I have a brain? Well, according to electronicschematics.com, all robots have brains. Even the insect-sized ground rovers do remarkable jobs of navigating through terrain, even though they have tiny little switch sensors. More advanced robots have something called non-sensory activities. Becoming self-aware. No! That is just weird. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you're ready to hear about hex signs, because I know I sure am. All right, JC, you're a Dutchie. I am a Dutch. Oh, yeah, I'm a Dutch. Yeah, what can I do for you? Me too. Oh, are you? I think. I'm like half. I just found out my brother-in-law is is uh, Pennsylvania Dutch. Did not know. Mentioned we were doing this episode, and he was all like, hey, uh, me too. And I was like, shit, brah. Shit, brah. So, JC, since you are... Like maybe the expert, possibly cord. What are hex signs? Uh, so layman term, they're just the signs that are put on barns, right? Like that's like they're they're. I don't know. Why are you asking me questions as though I'm an expert? You know, I do zero research. In his defense, you should have never asked him that question. Yeah, like there's signs that hex things. I don't know. Why are you putting this pressure on me? Sit down, JC. Okay, okay so if you 
Wait, I was sitting. Do I have to stand up? Shush. Okay. The adults are talking. So when you drive through our area, most of the time when you see a barn, at least on one side of it, it will have a painting with a big circle and it'll have a bunch of designs in the circle. There's a hex sign. Yeah. And what are they used for? Uh, Protection. A bunch of stuff. Blessings. They're basically um, dwarf runes. Okay. I got you from Lord of the Rings, yes. Yeah, the room. It's runic magic. Uh, actually, JC, that uh, is shit. something that I'm going to talk about. Gadzooks. Yeah. Look at me. Look at me. It's like I'm a fucking expert or something. It's like I'm a fucking genius. I just needed uh, five minutes to calm down. and You just needed me to insult you. Yeah, that always makes me feel comfortable. It always reminds me that times might get tough, JC, but Cord will always be there to remind you of how much of a piece of shit you are. And I don't know what I would do without that. Hey, don't you ever forget that. I, In fact, trust me, I won't. I'm not going to let you forget that. <laughs> oh, boy. And I appreciate that, Cord. And I know how painstaking it is for you to, to do this to me all the time. It's not an easy job. But somebody's got to do it. Can we finish this bit now? Are we done? Because <laughs> I have crying to go do. No. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, anytime you guys are done insulting each other so we can get to the story. Well, I'm not insulting Cord at all. Well, story me. Mostly, yeah. mostly. Story me. Story you. Yes. Tell us the things. Oh, hey, one more, JC. Have you ever heard of Fractor? Fractor? Barely newer. I was... Uh, I hate you so much because I was going to make the exact same joke, but I was coughing on mute. So you beat me, you son of a bitch. So glad I waited for that. Okay. The reason I mention Fractor is that the design of hex signs kind of begins with that. This is one of these one of these things to talk about that there's a lot of things that you need to kind of understand to even begin to understand what a hex sign is. So the history behind it first is the people. Fractor, I mentioned it. I wanted the joke, to be honest with you. I'll get into that in a minute. Our people that are known as the PA Dutch or Deitch or PA German, they are descendants of early German immigrants to Pennsylvania. A lot of them originally went to New York first and kind of got tired of how they were being treated by the British. One of the biggest things was that the British only allowed you to have 10 acres per family, and that was not sufficient or adequate enough for farming. So when that was a thing, they immediately turned to William Penn. Now, William Penn's also a Quaker, and he has a very open position when it comes to religion. He's, he's made it very clear it does not matter what religion you practice. We don't care about that. We care that you're a good person. And you come here and you know what? We're going to give you as much effing land as you want. And here's why, though. <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually kind of a little tiny bit shitty. I had to look this up because I, I heard this from someone and I thought, no, they wouldn't do that. They would do that. Yeah, they did. They wanted a buffer between them and the Lene Lenape tribe. Yeah, right? yeah. No, that definitely sounds like something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they did it. For sure. So William Penn's like, yeah, sure. Come on, you can have more than 10. You can have 20 acres. You can have 30. We don't care. As long as you do it west, you know, up here. <laughs> so, like, kind of like south, southwest. Like, go dip down a little bit and then continue around if you, you know, um, have at it. And that created a very nice buffer between the natives and the English settlements. And it wasn't so much that at the time, William Penn got along fine with them. At the time, the Native Americans got along fine. But we all know that didn't last. Unfortunately, yeah. That was some foresight, unfortunately. And maybe he just knew. He's like, look, this isn't going to last forever because I'm not going to be here forever. And my sons are kind of shitty. And they're going to screw over the the natives. And better have, I don't know, some kind of... Let's have a bunch of Germans. Yes. You know, or, you know, or Germanic peoples. And they did, they did come here because they were seeking asylum from religious persecution. So, so coming to the new world was the way to go. Also, in my study of other things, it becomes very clear to me that 
Europe was not really that clean of a place to hang out at. No, I, I mean, know? I could have told you that. Like London, for example. I mean, some people are literally like, I would rather risk my life to get across the ocean to a new land that isn't shitted up as much as what we have here. And when I say shitted up, I, I mean, you know. Like actual shit. Everywhere. <laughs> yeah, because this is before like sewers and stuff. Like, Which is, No, which is sad because the Roman Empire had sewers. I, I did a whole study on sewers in Rome mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. sewer explosions. Listeners, if you want to hear my talk about Roman sewers, let me know. They do speak here in Pennsylvania, a variation of the old German language, which is Pennsylvania Dutch. And you can learn that. My grandmother used to speak it kind of fluently. And then uh, I did not learn it. My grandmother can say some words. And I grew up like near very close to Amish farms and stuff. They were essentially my neighbors until I was like 13 years old. So I grew up listening to it. They are made up of Mennonites, Lutherans, German Reformed, Moravians, and the Amish. However, the Amish do not have hex signs. Nah, that's magic. Uh, yeah, yeah. And the largest uh, settlement is still considered to be Lancaster County, which we've briefly talked about. And if you guys remember from Albatwitch, that's not far from Columbia County and albatwitch country down there too so it's also not far from shady maple uh yeah i know we keep talking (laughs) about that place we we yet to take a trip to we gotta go we gotta go when we're not all dying yeah now there are two different kinds of dutch and there's some talk about where the word dutch actually comes from because these are german speaking people Somebody has suggested it's sort of a bastardization of the word Deutsch or Deutsch, and that it got, which is German, and Mm -hmm. then it got accidentally called Pennsylvania Dutch. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But there's two different kinds of Dutch here the fancy Dutch and the plain Dutch. Did you know that, JC? I am both fancy and plain. No, I didn't know that. (laughs) So the Amish and the Mennonite community are considered the plain Dutch. And they're the ones that don't use hex signs. They do not participate in hexology, per se. However, the fancy Dutch do. And I'm not sure if I actually mentioned that in our Brockeri and Powwow episode, but that would also be fancy Dutch. That's all on that side. The plain Dutch are, no, no, no. We don't take part in any of this stuff. So your fancy Dutch are mostly in Reading, Allentown, York and Lebanon. Side note, yes, I said Lebanon, as in the baloney. Yeah, no, the country of Lebanon. Oh, okay. we pronounce yeah. it Lebanon, but it's it's spelled Lebanon. And this is where we also get Bethlehem as well. A lot of these people, when they first came you here, mean Bethlehem. Uh, no, you say Bethlehem. <laughs> Those of us nearer to Philadelphia say Bethlehem because we are not what. You're not animals. What? <laughs> you know what? Those of us closer to Bethlehem call it Bethlehem because yeah. we're not. I don't know. Yeah. We're local. So we get to call it wherever the fuck we want. Yeah, but- Although I did say Lebanon because that's how the baloney is said here. <laughs> Lebanon yeah. baloney. But we do pronounce it Lebanon. Like the country. It's spelled that way. It's very confusing in this area. <laughs> it's so messed up. Um, yeah. So a lot of these places are Zion. Zionsville. A lot of these places are named after countries, towns, anything at all that's either from the Bible or in another country in that area. You can't go to the Middle East. Bring the Middle East with you. Exactly. There you go. It's a terrible philosophy. We have Egypt. We mentioned that last time with the Egyptian Star Bread Company or Egypt Star Bread Bread Company, Company, rather. Um, Bakery. Breaker, it's just bakery, right? Bakery. I keep. I'm like you're saying it wrong, but it. I don't know what you're saying wrong, and then it. It took me a second. It's because the bread is is awesome. It is. It is very good bread. Oh, I just think of bread, but it is a bakery. Not sponsored, but um, would recommend. Absolutely recommend. Okay, so let's talk about fracture for a second, because then we're gonna get into what these designs really are. So fracture is the German 
equivalent of illuminated text. Do you guys know what illuminated text is? Like, you know the answer. You ask the questions, and I feel like you're just trying to, like, shame us into saying, No, no Kiki, why don't you explain it? No, I'm not going to explain that. I suddenly realized when I wrote that, I was like, it's the, the equivalent of something that JC and Cord might not know. You know what? It's something that JC might not know. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if you don't know what an illuminated text is, please look it up. It's very fancy. Usually parts of the Bible, for example, passages, people have been are drawing all these massively beautiful things, like, you know, symbology around the text. And then a lot of it has gold leaf in it, for example, is bright, beautiful. Right. Yep. Fractures, okay. Yeah. Fractures the same thing, only it's usually done for personal records. So it's going to be birth certificates, baptismal certificates, things like that. And there is an actual German calligraphy for this called Fractor Schrift. And the documents are typically produced by a schoolmaster, a minister, or a professional calligrapher known as a scrivener. Now, in my last job where I was leaving the house, when I worked in framing, I got to do quite a few of Fractors from the community, which was very cool because I was in Quakertown. And there's a lot of German community that's still there too. So I did some frames and birth certificates and uh, marriage certificates, and they were absolutely gorgeous and also so delicate. <laughs> it was definitely the white glove treatment. You couldn't touch these things like because the paper is absolutely pristine and it's watercolored. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. So straight up. Yeah. Some of these illuminated texts that I'm looking at right now look like my old homework papers because it's like three sentences written on the page and then it looks like they just like literally just drew all over the page. Yeah. But like way better than I could, but you know what I mean. <laughs> One last thing before we get into the hex signs themselves. There is something going on out in Ohio that seems to have started sometime in the early 2000s. And that's something called a barn quilt. And that is not related really to what a hex sign is it's a quilt pattern that's painted and the sign is going to be square honestly had not seen this before and in my research this whole barn quilt thing popped up and i was like huh interesting yeah but that's uh relatively new and i saw some pictures on there really really cool but not the same thing so what we get though is these things our hex signs right they start popping up in the 1850s, because paint is being used on barns. Uh -huh. Prior to that, no paint, right? By the 1940s, we're starting to see a little bit of commercialization of the hex sign. Welcome to America. <laughs> yeah, right. One slight little bit back. Just keep in mind, we're talking like 1940s-ish is when we're going to see the start of the commercialization, but where did the name hex sign come from? Because if you listen I, to I our- I know this one. I think I know it. Okay. So if you listen to our, you know, the Christian magic, you know that hexerai is considered to be the witchcraft part, the not so good part. But it's reserved though for witches who are only doing things for their own self-gratification or their- cursing people for someone else or for themselves so making the distinction it's it's not a wiccan witch for example it is just someone who is definitely doing evil things to just be evil okay so why in the heck would these people then name something a hex sign when it's on your barn and you guys were not incorrect when you said protection and other things cord i want you to tell me and i want to tell you if i'm right <laughs> coward you're coward come on today yes i'm a coward today oh okay i'm a coward every day and i'm okay <laughs> with it okay rumor has it that the term hex sign is 20th century in origin specifically 1924 when wallace nutting <laughs> that's the name that's the one she warned us of for sure it has for to be sure. for sure for sure for sure Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is, I knew I'd hear it. I knew if I listened to these names, yeah. I would hear, I forget what his first name is, but nothing. <laughs> nutting. Yes. Nutting. Wallace Nutting mm -hmm. uh, wrote a book called Pennsylvania Beautiful, and he was not a Pennsylvania native. 
And so when he went to interview farmers about their beautiful barn decorations, some of them used the correct terminology, which was either a bluma or stern, meaning either flowers or stars. And we'll get into why, because those are two really big motifs in these things. Yes. However, one farmer apparently called them a hexafus, H-E-X-E-F-O-O-S. And all of a sudden, this term kind of becomes super popular, really popular with tourists. Sounds cool. Hex sign. Hell yeah. Right? Metal. (laughs) 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 And uh, yeah, there you have it. Hex sign. Yeah, I would have embarrassed myself because that's not at all what I read. There are two schools of thought when it comes to what a hex sign really is. And one of them is that it's a talisman, which is kind of how I see it, or that it's purely decorative. And I love the the Pennsylvania German for this is just for nice. <laughs> yes. In the yes. local dialects. Just, just for nice. I'm going to get into the symbology here. But for example, one of the symbols that comes up a lot is the rosette. And that goes all the way back to ancient Egypt. And it winds up getting put into these hex signs along with a lot of other creatures and imagery that's very symbolic all through history. One thing that I thought was very interesting, I um, managed to get a copy of Strange Experience by Lee Gandy. And Lee Gandy was a self-proclaimed hexenmeister. His hex signs were definitely made with magical intent. Now, this kind of reminds me of how a Brocker powwower, we talked about how they make Himmel's briefs, which are these things that are written specifically. There's charms and and protection spells that are written on a piece of paper, and then the person carries it next to their heart, a lot of times pinned inside their clothing, for example, and that they're made to be not seen by anyone else except the person that they're personally made for. On the flip side, Brockers would share their protection spells with other brokers who would then use it for the same purpose and even so much as as put it out there in the public now you can go to a website for example and a broker has some protection spells for you like if you feel comfortable writing it out yourself here you go if you need to come see me totally i get it what i thought was interesting about lee is that apparently he hid himself away while he made all of these hex signs and a lot of them were done just black and white almost like they were magic but they were magical for him right not necessarily to be sold for example although i have no problem with people selling their work and saying this is a sign for protection because that's what it's for anyway right so when we talk about the commercialization of a hex sign it's not necessarily a bad thing at all you're putting spells out there now the funny part is that when i'm reading about how this is done you're sitting there you're going to go through your list of colors and animals and plants and other types of symbology and you're going to say this okay so this is what this means this i want this black horse i want this green flower you know and you're putting all your effort into it it is to me exactly the same thing that i do when i create a sigil using runes Mm -hmm. and i'm not the only person who who feels that way so i was like oh cool so we're on the right track interesting it's difficult to talk about something that is seen when it's on a podcast. So I figured what I'd do is kind of give you guys a, an overview of some of the colors and the motifs that show up a lot and maybe kind of explain what they mean. And then that way, if you're in Pennsylvania, you're out and about and you go, oh, gosh, I know exactly what that means. I know what, you know, you can regale your friends with information. Yay. Or, you know, you just know it and then you're like, yay, I'm smart. <laughs> yeah, whatever one works for you. You decide to not have friends. <laughs> Black is used for protection and in binding elements together. Blue is also protection, symbolic of peace, spirituality, calm. We see that, right? Like that's actually, that's across the board for blue. Fair. As far as I know, I vaguely remember using black candles in binding people from doing harm. So I think that kind of makes sense. Brown is for earth, which also means strength and friendship. Green means growth, success, and what I think is funny, and I I heard this. This is where I say, don't worry, I'll put I'll cite my sources at the end because I forgot to write his name down. But there is a current artist doing uh, signs right now, 
And he had just done an interview not too long ago. And I had to laugh because he was talking about fertility, right? So, of course, green is a color of fertility because it's flowers and plants and vegetables, et cetera. But people, he said that people get a little freaked out when you say like, oh, I made you this beautiful hex sign for fertility. <laughs> Especially if it's like a newlywed couple and they're like, ha, 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 mm-hmm. like <laughs> we weren't planning on having any children. <laughs> Yeah, and then you have to be like, well, but it's also for growth and success. Okay, so that's really what I'm going with. I'm not just gonna go with pretend. It has multiple meanings. (laughs) So funny. Orange is abundance. Yellow, it's the color of the sun. So a lot of people also connect that to um, your personal connection with God. Purple, we all know this one. It's royalty. Uh, Again, sacredness though in religion, which funny because a lot of catholic vestments are purple and it's considered a sacred color there you go red is again typical it's for passion creativity and that reminds me of red is fire fire is creativity in germanic mythology who's the god of creativity and fire loki Uh. white is of course purity and is associated with the moon so, like, what's the stopping you from putting all the colors in at once? That's called black. I don't mean all in the same spot. I knew what you meant, Cord, <laughs> and I facepalmed when she gave her answer. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, please. Thank you. I got to get my laugh somehow. I mean, you could just listen to the hilarious things I say. Damn uh, it. Just let me know when you start. I would imagine that you can use whatever the hell colors that you want in your personal hex sign. Sick, I'm doing it. I mean, you've seen, you know, out there in the world, there are people who just do black and white. There are colors where there's only like three, maybe three color scheme. Three is a sacred number, for example. Nine colors, maybe another sacred number. And um, six things in threes. You get me? You know what this? Okay. So, So there is numerology involved. Yeah, when you see them out in the wild, some of them are pretty crazy with the colors and stuff. Yeah, but then if you think about it, like maybe one is, you might have a lot of different shades of red, for example, but it still might be only red, yellow, and orange. Right. And and white, you know, like a white background. When you think of an animal on a hex sign, guys, like what's the number one thing that comes to mind? Bird. Yup. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Bird. I don't know why, but I was going chicken, and I'm like, that's not right. It's definitely not a chicken. Birds has its own whole section because, you know. We're into birds now. There's two that are used a lot. One is the bird of paradise, the big tail. Yes. Big fluffy tails, right? You got it? Yes. That's the one that, that's the one that I think of. And that is, it symbolizes beauty. The disulfink. Ah. The, uh, the translation would be, uh, the disulfink was a bird that ate thistle seed. Translation. was called a thistle finch. So Disselfink in Pennsylvania Dutch is a thistle finch. And it is a very stylized version of what we would call the common goldfinch. Uh. And then a lot of times you'll see two of them together. A lot of birds of paradise, I feel like that's like the centerpiece and then the tail kind of like comes around. But the Disselfink or the, you know, the, the finch is there's usually two and they're for good luck. And if two of them are kind of crossing over each other, that's supposed to mean true friendship. Like they're intertwined together. So see, we need someone to do one for you and JC. Is your true Yes. I'm in. The other one I see a lot of is a rooster. The rooster and the eagle are the same symbology. They're both used to symbolize strength, courage, and protection. However, the double-headed eagle, as in the German double-headed eagle, you know what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. That one is yeah. used a lot in marriage signs. It's also sometimes called the Albanian eagle as well, just FYI. If y'all are thinking of, you know, the double-headed eagle and you're like, oh, that's an Albanian, you are correct. Apparently those are a little bit more rare out there, those double-headed eagles. But that's what they were for back in the day. Then we see a lot of doves. And dove is peace. A lot of times they're not looking at each other. They'll be looking away from each other. Let's do animals besides birds, because birds is a big, the big deal. With some of these things, you know, you look into it and it's kind of like 
when it comes to magic in particular, it, it is what it is. But the horse, I think this is kind of interesting. Horses are supposed to be, again, protection and specifically for your farm animals or your pets on the property. Okay. What I found was the closest thing that I could find in any other symbology was in heraldry, where a horse is symbolic of many things, but endurance is one thing that made me think, oh, yeah, like that's going to protect your pets. Like it's against diseases, for example, like that horses have this endurance. In heraldry, horses also loyalty as well, but that did not come up for hex signs. It just is basically for helping out your livestock. Snake. <laughs> I looked this up from like a couple different places. There is one book out there called Hex Signs, Myth and Meaning in Pennsylvania Dutch Barn Stars, as we talked about Stern being one of the names of it, by Patrick Don Moyer. The snake is found intertwined with tulips usually a trinity of tulips, and it's used in marriage hex signs. And I don't know why I think that's just so funny, but... I don't know that I've ever seen a snake on... Me neither. Yeah, I don't think I have. Now, this one I have seen, the unicorn. Yes. And, you know, unicorn, again, is is piety and virtue. And the uh, national uh, animal of Scotland. Well, there you go, because Scotland's friggin' awesome. Hello. They are often decorated with hearts and another trinity of tulips, say three being an important number. They're usually facing each other. I've, that's how I've seen them. Found out this is also a motif that's on the hope chest of a young woman. So you guys might not know what a hope chest is. It's not what you think it is. <laughs> it's not actually the chest of a young woman, okay? <laughs> For those of us who are you know, like outside of the country, they might not have these. They probably have something similar to it. So it's like a chest or a box, usually made of wood, that will have something inscribed in it. And then the girl is supposed to put all these things in it before she's married. My mother had one. So before she got married, she had like a set of dishes in there and like silverware, things that she picked out. And the idea was like, I hope to get married one day. And this is the things that I want to have in my house after she was married. And then, then the things that she wanted to use in her first home come out of the hope chest. She then put her wedding dress in there. Shouldn't have like a proper wedding dress. It was kind of like the 60s. So she had kind of this cute little yellow outfit that she wore. But anyway, you get the idea. It was like, she put that in the hope chest and then other accoutrements that were kind of family oriented but she wasn't going to be using them anymore like maybe her father's like military uniform something like that a girl would then put that in there so it becomes a keepsake box instead of uh, the okay. hope for the future it's kind of like the stuff from the past then gets put in at least that is how it was done now she comes from an english side of our family so i don't know if it's a little bit different with Germans, but I will say that the unicorn motif is actually one that's on a lot of hope chests for PA Dutch young girls. I just thought that was interesting. I'm like, oh, okay. For sure, for sure. Moving on to Blantz. Have you guys ever seen a shamrock? Is that like a real question? Like on a on a hex sign. Okay. <laughs> Come on, stick with me here. I'm literally looking at one right now. There you go. Yeah, I have as well. What do you think that symbolizes? I'm going to say luck. Specifically. Good luck? The luck of the Irish. Oh, okay. Oh, that's oh. what it means. Yeah, they took it. They taked it. They'd have never guessed. There's also leaves, maple and oak leaves. Oak in particular could be used in maybe like a retirement hex signs. God, there's like no nice way to say this. So you have a good end of your life. That's what oak leaves sort of symbolize. So like I said, you may make something specifically for someone who's retiring and be like, put this on your house and you'll have good luck for the towards the end of your life. How some people say the autumn or the winter of your life. But anyway. Right. Then there's the pineapple. This is another one I haven't really seen. And it's funny because I think of pineapple and I immediately think of Charleston, South Carolina. Just randomly scrolling through Google, I've passed like three or four pineapple ones too. And I was a little confused by it. Yeah, it's because of the big pineapple fountain in Charleston, South Carolina, which I lo oh, fucking love. Oh, God. That, that's somewhere I want to go do a ghost. I want to go back down to Charleston. Pomegranate. This one apparently is a pretty rare symbol as well. But it, it can mean, again, abundance and <laughs> foot. It means fertility. I mean, it just does. 
right? And it always has because of all of the seeds on the inside of it. Like I said, some of these things just don't change. The symbology is the same. There's also the tree of life. This one is interesting because it is very Yggdrasil looking in the way that it's drawn. It reminds me very much of ancient Germanic artwork for the tree of the universe. Side note, I chose that as uh, for my father's urn. So his ashes are in, in a wooden box with this beautiful symbol like on it. And I thought that was pretty cool, uh, mostly because it, it supposedly represents the bounty that God can give you. That's kind of like the Christianized version of it. But because it does look very much like a Scandinavian version of Yggdrasil, my sisters and I were like, oh, that's boss ass because it kind of serves both purposes. It's it's has the Christian connotation, but it also has like a, you know, Germanic feel to it. So it's pretty right. cool. Yeah. And then I mentioned tulips a lot. So tulips are hope and charity and faith in God. And um, that's why that they're represented in three. So it's the Holy Trinity. This may actually look like the form of a lily. So that's why that might be a little bit confusing when you look at it, because it's it's always in a three, but it but it has the stems that like two of them will come up and bend and then one will be like in the middle. And I wish I knew exactly where this person got the quote from. Can mean faith in yourself, faith in what you do and faith in your fellow man. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. But I have no idea where they got that quote from, though. And sometimes you'll see wheat. Now, I've definitely seen wheat. Yes, yes. And that is obviously abundance. It means the same thing as many different other religions. Oh, then we come into the stars, the stern. So this is where we get into some numerology. Oh, my favorite. Are you sure? <laughs> no, no. I usually do not like numbers. I will say I see a lot of six. I see a lot of eight. Yes. Yeah, six and eight is pretty, is kind of a no-brainer. However, there are some that are four-pointed and five-pointed and 10 and 12. But because six and eight are so popular, they're pretty much like we know exactly what they are. The other ones, you've got to do a little bit of digging to try to figure out what the symbology might be. Considering where we are and the fact that these German peoples wound up having a really good relationship with the natives in the area, the Lenni Lenape. And they even kind of borrowed, I don't have to say steel, because I feel like there was a there was a, a camaraderie between the two folks, right? That that's where powwow comes from. That's a cool word right. to describe what we do. Because it's a fellowship. It's coming together. It's helping people. In you could kind of infer the four pointed star may have been borrowed from natives that one is used as the morning star so the star of bethlehem bethlehem uh fuck god no shut up anyway <laughs> oh my god because as as some some people who listen and are from the area know we have the star of bethlehem thanks you're welcome up on the hill and it's lit up year round and it's flipping huge and it's a four-point yeah, star big. and it's moravian and these guys are moravian I definitely feel like that's the connection there. Fair. The five-point star, that's the nautical star. Super easy. Can also mean good luck. Good luck in your voyages. Good luck in traveling. Six-pointed star, the hexagram, represents the six days of creation. So then the eight-pointed star is baptism in the Christian faith. The ten-pointed star, there's an interesting take on that one. So it's supposed to be spiritual well-being. But someone pointed out that it could be the 12 apostles, but without Judas, because he betrayed Jesus, and without Peter, because he denied Jesus. Uh -huh. So maybe. I think that's interesting enough to mention. That's some good, it's a good point. That is interesting. For, you know, the 10-pointed star. Ha ha. Uh, okay, so the 12-pointed star is completedness, because it's the 12 months of the year. The full shebang, the whole thing. Right. And someone else also points out that the 12th day of Christmas is the epiphany. So it could have some kind of connection to that. But sure, why not? I mean, honestly, you could add whatever the hell you wanted in to some of these. Then there's the triple star motif, which is for success or good luck. That's three nautical stars and they're layered so that they're rotated and layered so that 
they reveal all points of the stars. This this one's really complicated, but looks really cool. Yeah, I'm looking at one right now. Some of the shapes. I love this one. The daddy hex. <laughs> yeah. It's for good luck all year round. Usually there's a, a rosette in the center of it. Added for, for good measure of extra, extra, extra luck. <laughs> Ones with crescent moons. That just represents the four seasons. There can be a barn wheel. And that is usually like the wheel of fortune. Yeah, where's Vanna? Hearts are obviously exactly what you think they are. They're representative of love. And if you put them in the border... So there, you know, there's like an endless supply of love. I thought that was really sweet. Yeah. And of course, intertwined hearts can be for a, for marriage as well. And then I said rosettes, which is the oldest symbol and one that was found in Egypt, as I said, and that is for good luck. Scallops along the outside of it, almost like they look like a, a waves in the ocean a lot of times. It means, <laughs> so funny, smooth sailing through life. I'm like, okay. Okay. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah. That's clever. Yeah. There is also called the house Sagan or home blessing in German. And a lot of times it's literally, that's what it's written. Or the welcomen, which means welcome to my house. I think you guys have probably seen at least welcomen written. Yes. Yeah. Any questions? Did I miss any of the big ones? I don't think I did. I think I got them all. No, I don't have any that I think you missed. We both know that I also don't have any. That I think you missed. <laughs> hey, I bet, now I bet JC's totally like looking at these on the internet and like following along. And you could do that. You could totally like stop this for a minute, go back in time, or maybe have had the forethought to do exactly that and to follow along with us as we talked about these lovely uh, signs. Now, one thing you may be asking yourself is, can I get one of these myself? And yes, you can. There are plenty. I mean, you could literally just type in hex signs for sale. There's ones on Etsy, for example. Hunter Yoder is an artist in these here parts. I believe he's in Lanartsville. And you can go to his website. He also did an interview on a podcast called The Magician and the Fool podcast. He was pretty interested to listen to. And he's the one who did some research, like personal personal research into like runes and then realized that making hex signs was the way to go. It was incorporating the art and the symbology and everything together. Now, he had said in that interview that he mentioned that he was a Norse heathen, but later in the interview, you'll hear him mention Frau Hola, and that's from Erglau, which we will be talking about at some point. That's that combination of like Brockerai powwowing but taking jesus out of it and incorporating german folktale and germanic mythology into it right it's interesting frau hola is really cool and it was something like after i started learning about it would be like hmm i bet i could incorporate a little especially at like certain times of the year when she's very supposed to be very present you can do a little something extra and i was like that's that's actually pretty neat i like that then there's eric claypool and he is currently I see he's probably like one of the best, one of the best of the best. Uh, there's also the Kutztown Folk Festival, which is going to be July 2nd through the 10th this year in Kutztown. They'll have a lot of artists there. If you're in the area, if you live around here and you just want to take like a cool day trip, if you're from like New York or something, come on down to the Kutztown Fairgrounds from July 2nd to July 10th. It is a great time. Yeah, it's usually pretty cool. Now, once you purchase your hex sign, where do you put it? Are you asking or are you like, <laughs> like, are you waiting for a response? Sometimes I don't know. I, I don't know what you're oh, expecting. Oh, my God. You um, put it on your house <laughs> or your barn if you own a barn or shed, if you have a shed, a building on your property. I wasn't actually, you know, waiting, waiting. But at the same time, I was like, hmm, I'll just I'll just kind of like wait a second and then we'll see, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. we'll see. No, you're right. So most of these go on an outbuilding, usually on a barn. Mm-hmm. However, you can absolutely have them inside your house. Not a big deal. And as I said, there are some people who buy a chest and just attach the hex sign directly to the top of the chest. That's what we got for hex signs. I'm sorry. That's what I have for hex signs. <laughs> I like bird. Bird look nice. Yeah, after I get um, 
man, the the garden's coming along pretty nicely. Uh, I bought a rototiller and oh yeah, I'm building an arbor out of trees that came down, and it's gonna look pretty badass when I'm finished. And it's gonna be my entrance to the new garden and I have the fence up. So I'm thinking, you know, once I get everything in place, it'd be kind of cool to have a sign up. Yeah, like a sign up outside somewhere. Protection for my garden. I will have one eventually. Part of me feels like I should take this information and just make my own. And you can. That was what I was going to get to. Damn it, I forgot. So you can totally do that. We've given you information. Like I said, um, that book is invaluable. There's all kinds of photographs and pictures on the internet to give you an idea of what they look like. They can be as big as, you know, like six feet diameter if you want to put on a giant barn. Or it could be as small as a one inch circle that's something you want to just display in your house and if you're magically inclined and you want to use the symbology very specifically then you can put your intent directly into that not unlike creating a sigil to me this is just another art form that can be used for magical purposes and it's really freaking cool yeah i haven't spot many of them on here or you know in my travels through this land that i didn't look at and go oh that's cool they all look pretty sick, bro. There are unique pre, uh, unique pieces of art, for sure. There's a couple people out there that have done sort of a hex sign, but using more modern symbology, even like from horror films, things like that, for example, as more of a fun decorative type thing, not necessarily it being magical. So that's the two camps when it comes to this. It can be fun and completely decorative and have no actual meaning other than hey this is just really freaking cool or you can stick with something traditional and make it into something very symbolic and very magical either is completely accepted and as far as i can tell this is not a closed practice guys if you want to go out and make it go for it so our musical guest today is someone that um, again I love TikTok when the algorithms work to my advantage and show me exactly the kind of bullshit that I'm looking for, which is this guy from Calgary, Alberta, who makes the most amazing pop punk, if you will. His name's King Fabs. And the song that we're going to play is Don't Judge by the Color, which I thought was kind of appropriate since we just talked about all these beautiful (laughs) works of art, right? Lots of color. And anyway, yeah, okay. It doesn't always work the way I wanted to, but dang it, I love this song. So we're going to play that, and when we come back, we'll do our Spooky Squad news and any shout-outs we may have. Welcome back. We are on all the social places. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, Mission Spooky. You can find us on TikTok on Mission Spooky. That's me, though, that's doing that. You can find JC, which you are Mission Spooky JC. Yes, it's it's very similar to Mission Spooky. You just put a J and a C right after it, uh, and that's me. And I currently only have videos of of that are basically slideshows of my adorable fur son Hopper. Earth son, I love that. You can't find Cord anywhere. He hates social media. He's I'm an old man. Incognitus. What's this MySpace you young <laughs> kids talking about? Wow. Wow. I'm currently redoing our website, so don't go to it. <laughs> If you if you planned on it, 
Just don't. It'll be cooler afterwards. Yikes, dog. We do have a Redbubble store. If you like our logo, you want to get a t-shirt, have at it. We've got cute uh, Alba Twitch up there from our last Chord versus Cryptid. We do have a Patreon, and I think I finally have come up with some kind of concept to put out content a little bit more often. So I'm not going to talk about it, because every time I talk about something, then it doesn't happen. So I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Word. But I think I figured something out. Word. Still be, it'll still be cool. Because, quite frankly, I love our I love our patrons, because I've asked them like a million times, like, what do you guys want to hear extra? And they don't tell me anything (laughs) they're like we don't care it's fine you do you we love the show and i'm like oh god i love you guys so much for for saying that but at the same time like i made this idea i made this sort of promise to you guys that i was going to deliver this stuff i've had such bad writer's block when it comes to side things but i think i got it on lockdown now so yeah join patreon we're at the one dollar three dollar five dollar level very very easy to help support us and basically what that's doing is is you're going to help us pay for any kind well basically at this point you're helping to pay for upgrades we already made <laughs> to our equipment um since since starting this podcast we've all gotten new microphones thank god um yeah paying for some equipment for the guys because still want to be able to go out and do the thing but it's just the beginning of summer so we'll see what we can do Honestly, uh, the biggest upgrade is going to be my computer at the end of the year. And that will give us the ability to do live. Because I'm pretty sure you guys are both going to be okay to do live stuff, but I'm the problem. I'm the problem, child. Oops. Yeah. So I need to upgrade to a laptop specifically for streaming content because we've got Twitch out there. We're not doing anything with it. We're just supporting a ton of other Twitch streamers. I, I have a setup. So if you are interested, you can go to our Twitch and follow us and i've added a bunch of people who i really enjoy and some of them are djs for example uh, horror house which you've heard their music scott djs and brings you new goth punk stuff there's a whole bunch of other djs that also do goth punk and uh, industrial music there's uh, bex beck likes plants she plays music and sings in this beautiful background that's nothing but guess what plants i love her uh, and of course our friend chaotic good mage who I mostly try to show up for the Saturdays where he's cooking out of geeky cookbooks. So our Twitch right now is celebrating other people that we really love and enjoy. And we'd like you to also love and enjoy them too. But in a completely nice way. (laughs) Not in, get your filthy minds out of the gutter way, okay? (laughs) And we have our YouTube channel up. I'm been slowly putting our backlog of stuff up there so if you're listening to the podcast you probably don't or are not going to find anything on there that's technically new but (laughs) i'm also working on some youtube exclusive content as well but that's not going to be until october so but hey we got some more exciting ideas after the summer yes so taking us out again is king fabs out of calgary alberta It's the song Don't Judge by the Color. You can go on Bandcamp right now and buy his music. And you can also support him by listening on Spotify as well. That's King Fabs. F-A-B-B-S. Stay spooky and don't die. But if you do, contact us. Via, if you would be so kind, messages written in Pennsylvania Dutch.